Now, most of you have heard that, but before I get into the message, I want to say to you, we at the palace are so privileged to have you to attend with us and be our guest to help us celebrate Christmas. Christmas is a very special time of the year. As a matter of fact, it's a day that we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christmas here around the palace is our favorite time of the year. We do more ministry during this time of the year than probably than any other time. It is a time that we celebrate. It is a time of jubilation with us. It's a time when you look out across America, Christmas just brings on a certain spirit. You'll find that you'll see Christmas. At Christmas, there's greetings and gatherings and gifts. There's fellowship. There's family. There's friendship. There's food. Oh, don't you love the food part? And then there's caring and celebrating the cooking and the music, the mistletoes, the movies, the mystery. There's singing and sharing and serving and decorating and dancing and all the desserts that go along. And then there's the trees, you know. I love the Christmas tree. Then there's toys and then there's traditions. At our home, we have traditions. We do a lot of different kinds of things. I'll just mention a few of them. We always watch same old movies over and over and over. We watch movies like It's a Wonderful Life, A Miracle on 31st Street. We watch the Walton's Home Christmas special. And you know, there's something special about Christmas because when a grown man will sit and watch movies like Charlie Brown Christmas and Super, uh, or Frosty the Snowman or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and his children are not even there or his grandchildren ain't even there and he's sitting there watching it as a grown man and enjoying it, you know there's something special about Christmas. As a matter of fact, we read the Christmas story in our family every single year together. That is a tradition that we have. Have you ever noticed that Christmas brings the best out of a person? There's more laughter and love shown during this day than any other time of the year. Christmas has a way of lifting up a person's spirit and lightening their load. We always hear how that person or them people, they get into the Christmas spirit. Or I heard people say to us around here at the palace, there's a spirit of Christmas on that place. Shelters and food banks and churches and rescue missions. and They feed the poor and they help the homeless and they give away gifts and they give away all kinds of things trying to help in this special season. There's more giving during the time of Christmas than any other time of the year. People serve in community efforts to help people. There are more volunteers for public service than any other time of the year. But with all of the gifts and the blessings and the generosity that is given during the Christmas season, I want you to know nothing can compare to the gift that God gave on that first Christmas morning. The golden text of the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave, that's the gift, his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The gift of the son would provide eternal life to those that would receive him. I love what John says, and as many as received him, to him gave he power to become the sons of God. Why do we need eternal life? Because Romans 6 and 23 tells us the wages of sin is death. Death comes because of sin. And the Bible tells us that when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and when sin is finished, it brings forth death. But Paul did not stop there. When in his writings in Romans 6, 23, he said the wages of sin may be death, but the gift, there's the gift of gift, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus is the free gift of God to the world. In our text, we see that God announced his gift 
gift to the shepherds as they were watching their sheep at night. He, the angel of the Lord appeared unto them and said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He named him as the Savior of the world. The angel also announced him to Joseph, which was to become his earthly father. That angel appeared unto him in Matthew 1 and 21 and said, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The angel of the Lord appeared before Mary, the Virgin Mary, who would be the mother of Jesus in Luke 2 and 31, and said, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He is the free gift of God given to man. Can you give the Lord a hand clap for that? That's your gift here tonight. It was the Apostle Paul that said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, he said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners and then he said, of whom I am chief. Luke 9 and 56, Jesus said, for the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives but to save men's lives. Jesus said in John 12 and 47 that he said, I've not come to judge the world, I've came to save the world. In Luke 19 and 10, the Bible tells us of the mission of Jesus. The Son of Man, he said, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He's a seeking Savior. The whole reason for Jesus' birth was for him to save humanity from their sins, from their sins and give them eternal life. Because Romans 3:23 says, "We have all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. We've all had to come by the way of forgiveness through Jesus Christ." It was it was John that said in 1 John chapter 1 verse 8 and 9, he he says, "If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm so thankful that I have a high priest in heaven called Jesus Christ that I can come when I sin and ask him to forgive me and he forgives me and I am secure with eternal life in him. The greatest gift ever given to man was the gift of God by him sending his son to be the savior of the world. The baby that would be born, he was destined to go by the way of a cross. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God. That day that Jesus went on that cross, he was being punished for our iniquities. Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. When it should have been you and I hanging on that cross to pay the penalty of our own sin, where we sinned against God, Jesus just come down and he took our place. He become our substitute and he took our whipping upon himself and through that whipping he become the divine sacrifice that gave us pardon and redemption through his blood that you and I can enjoy eternal life. Oh, praise the name of the Lord here tonight. Amen. Paul said in Romans 5 and 8 that God committed his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why would he die for us when we're in a sinful state so far away from him, doing things we ought not do, but God looked down and he still loved us in our sin. John 15 and 13 says, no greater love than this that a man would lay down his life for his friends. No wonder the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9 and 15, thanks be unto God 
for the unspeakable gift. We cannot even comprehend or even fathom the love that God has for his people, that we can't even understand the love that God has for us because he sent his best to die in our place that we might be forgiven. He loved us so much that he gave his son. He gave the one that he loved more than himself so that you and I could be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if we'll confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto, unto a righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Jesus Christ is truly the Savior of the world and there's no other. There is no other way you can go to heaven except accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man can cometh unto the Father except through me. This is why the Acts 4 and 12 says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we can be saved other than through the name of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ came to be the Savior of the world and give us eternal life? Aren't you thankful for the free gift of God here tonight? John 3.15 says this, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. I like that word whosoever because that means all of us. God so loved the world, that's what it says, that he gave his only begotten son. God loves everybody the same. He's got an agape love. It's a love that's past understanding. God loves the world. Salvation is for all people. The angel spoke to the shepherds and said, for unto you this day is a Savior born in the city of David who is Christ the Lord. Isaiah the prophet said in Isaiah chapter 9, for unto us a child is born, and to us a, 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 child, a, a son is given. Notice that Matthew used the word Messiah in a singular form while Isaiah used him in a plural form. Matthew said, unto you. He personalized it. He said, unto you was given. Unto you it was given. And then he said unto Isaiah, unto us a child was given. This tells me that salvation is for all of us, but if no one else ever accepts him but only me, that God loved me so much that he would be willing to send his son just to die for me singular. That's how much God loves us. Acts 2 and 21, the Bible says, and it comes to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, they can be saved. It's the will of God for all men to be saved. There is no one more valuable than another. God is not a respecter of persons. God does not love the rich any more than he loves the poor. God does not love the white any more than he loves the black. God doesn't love one race over another or one group of people over another. God loves us all the same. Can you say amen? There's no partiality with God. I love 2 Peter 3 and 9 where it said, God is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness. But God is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any of us should perish, but that all of us should come to repentance. Notice that the angel revealed something else by the proclamation of Christ's birth. He said, and the angel said to them, fear not, for, hope, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, what shall be unto all people. Everything that is expressed during Christmas season is an expression of the free gift of God that he's given to us. The feeling in the air, the atmosphere that is charged 
the giving, the sharing, the working that is generated over the month of December is all because it's nothing more than a reflection upon Jesus Christ. It is him, his reflection that is already changing the hearts of people. The spirit of Christmas is the spirit of Christ because Christmas is all about Christ. There will be no Christmas without Jesus Christ. The spirit of Christmas that people feel, it'll make them sing, it'll make them laugh, it'll make them share, it'll make them care, it'll make them give, it'll make them serve. It's nothing more than them feeling the presence in the air as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, our Messiah and our Savior. Hallelujah. Just the thought of his name changes the atmosphere. The celebration of his name, the celebration of his birth, and and the reflection that we have upon him is what creates the atmosphere throughout the month of December. The spirit of Christmas that you feel, and 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 when you hear the songs and you see the lights, and you begin to put up the trees, and you begin to wrap the gifts, begin to cook the food, it's one of the most favorite feelings in the world. It's all because it's centered around Jesus. Everything you see in the Christmas tree is a symbol from the lights to the the candy cane, the ornaments, the popcorn strands, the star, the gifts. They all represent Christ. The tree itself represents what John 15 says, that he is the vine or he is the tree and we are the branches. The ornaments represent that you hang on the tree represent the fruit of his spirit. And matter of fact, the gifts represent the gift bearing that, that where they brought gifts to Jesus as he was birthed. The popcorn strands represent Jesus being the bread of life. The star represents the star of Bethlehem that declared his birth. We could go on and on and on and talk about all of the symbols that you see throughout Christmas holidays from the bells, the candles, the hollies, the wreath. They all have symbolism that, that represents who Jesus is. Because Christmas is Jesus Christ. The atmosphere that you feel during Christmas is all just centered around him. This is why the angel declared to the shepherds in our text. And the angel said unto them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. This is really where I want to hit home. And I'll be closing in just a few minutes. The message of Christ's birth was good tidings to all people. And not just to the shepherds. This is why we preach Jesus Christ at the palace because the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. It brings good tidings to all people. Amen. We're living in such dark times and fear has gripped so many people's hearts within our nation. One of the number one health concerns in America right now is depression, anxiety, oppression that people live with. Suicide is being rampant in our land. Suicide is becoming one of the fastest growing reasons of death among teenagers and even those that are younger than teenagers. There is so much uncertainty. Many find themselves isolated, lonely, and bound because of the spirit of depression. People are feeling hopeless. They feel trapped. People are stressed out. They're maxed out in America. Many are bound by fear, living every day as if tomorrow may not come. Our nation is in unrest. People are spending endless hours just trying to make ends meet, holding down two jobs. 
Men and women are feeling inadequate and feeling condemned. And they feel, they feel like that they can't provide for their families because the check doesn't go far enough to pay the bills. Health care has become so expensive that a majority of a lot of the young people in America are not able to even afford health care. And even though we face normal sicknesses and disease and illnesses that we've always faced, but yeah, now we're facing something different in our land. We are facing a pandemic. We are facing what we call the coronavirus. Many have been quarantined up to three and four times this year, and sometimes they're quarantined 14 days at a time. Some of our children have been out of school more than they've been in school. This has handicapped the home due to the cost of child care. Many moms and dads has to quit their job just to sit home with their children and take care of them. With all the fear and the anxiety and the worry and the frustration and the depression and the oppression that's gripped our country, yet I hear the angel's words speaking to us the same way that they spoke to those shepherds. Fear not. I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Amen. To all of you that feel the weight of the world on your shoulders right now, can I tell you, I have good news from you. I got good news from heaven. Jesus Christ is still alive. He is for you. He is not against you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. God loves you. Just as he's willing to save all men and be their savior, did you know it's God's will not only to save, but to give you good things? Amen? How many could use some good things right now? As a pastor, I hear about all of the things that goes on in people's lives. From diseases hitting the family, car breaking down, insurance has got to be paid, the lot bill's got to be paid, and on and on and on, and there just seems to never be enough to go around. Well, I want to tell you, it's not only God's will to save you. God wants to bless you. Amen? God not only wants to save you, but he wants to bless you and fill you with goodness, his goodness. He wants to supply all your needs. Matter of fact, that's what Paul promised in Philippians 4, 19 when he penned the words, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. It was David that said in Psalms 37 and 25, I have been young and now I'm old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news because God is good and he's good all the time, not just some of the time. This is why the psalmist said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Did you know what Matthew 7 11 says? If us, all of us, he's talking about humanity, if all of us who are evil know how to give good gifts unto our children, how much more does the Heavenly Father want to give good things to them that ask? You know what James 1 and 17 says? Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above and cometh down from the Father of lights where there's neither verbalness nor shadow of turning. This means that God loves you so much that he cannot even turn from wanting to do good on your behalf. Sometimes our sin 
blocks him from being able to bless us the way he wants to. Sometimes we're not listening. Sometimes we get in a, a place to where God can't bless. But can I tell you, it's God's will to give you good gifts. It's God's will to give you his perfect gift. And God cannot even turn from wanting to bless you. No matter how deep you are in a gutter, no matter how far away you have become, no matter what place you find yourself in, God loves you. He's got the power to deliver you. And he wants and desires to bring you to a place of goodness. Matter of fact, Romans 2 and 4 says, Why despisest thou his goodness and forbearance? Not knowing it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Paul was saying in the light of how, God, how good God is, why don't we come to him? Why do we reject him? God wants to reach out through his goodness and save us and not through his judgment or his severity. God wants to show his goodness and kindness to us through his son, Jesus Christ. The psalmist David said in Psalms 34, 19, oh, how great is thy goodness that you have stored up for those who fear the Lord. Oh, how great is your goodness. We cannot even fathom how great the goodness of God is. David had confidence when he said in Psalms 23 and 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I especially love what Psalms 52 and 1 says, The goodness of God endureth continually. It never stops. Leviticus says that his mercies are new every single morning. Every morning that I wake up, God's got new mercies assigned to my life because he loves me. This means that the goodness of God is for all generations, not just a, a moment or in history of time. The goodness of God endureth to all generations. The goodness of God endureth forever. This is why the psalmist said in Psalms 33 and 5, the earth is full of the goodness of God. Just as much as God wants to save us, he wants to bless us. It was Nahum who said in Nahum chapter 1 verse 7, the Lord is good He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. How many of you ever faced trouble sometimes? Did you know the Lord's good during those times and he's a stronghold in the day of trouble? Nahum testified to the fact that even in troublesome times, you can count on God seeing you through. This is why the angel said, fear not. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. It dispels fear. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1 and 7 that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. 1 John 4 and 18, he said, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear has torment. He that is perfected in love has no fear. The psalmist said in Psalms 118 and 6, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man or beast can do to me. It was David that said in Psalms 27 and 13, I would, have I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David understood that God was not only a good God offering us eternal life in heaven, but I want you to understand that's one of the greatest. What shall it profit a man, Jesus asked, if a man would gain the whole world and all of its riches and lose his own soul? Because I want to tell you, there's nothing like eternal life. That is the greatest gift ever given to man. But David said something here. He said, I would have despaired if the only goodness I had was the promise of eternal life. But he said, I look for the goodness of God in the land of the living. In other words, what he was saying is, while I'm alive, why am I here on earth? God wants to pour out his goodness upon my life in the land of the living. God wants to bless us with goodness. God's a good God. This is why the angel said, also fear not, 
For I bring you good tidings of great joy. Joy don't only await the believer in heaven, but there's joy right down here on the earth in the land of the living. First Peter 1 and 8, that was the, he, he, he caused the joy, undescribable joy. He said, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. This is why the psalmist said in Psalms 46 and 1, God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Right here in the here and now, God wants to bless us. Did you know you're not here by accident tonight? You are divinely appointed here because God wants to bless you. He wanted you to hear this message that God's for you. He's not against you. I love what Psalms 84 and 11 says. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Now listen to this. No good thing will he withhold to them that walk uprightly. He won't want to hold anything back from you. He wants to pour goodness upon your life. We don't have to become depressed after Christmas. We don't have to live a new, in the new year to come with anxiety, fear, and torment. We don't only have to have relief during Christmas time when there's a spirit in the air of Christmas and people are reflecting upon Christ. But every day that you and I live can be a day of Christmas. Amen? Jesus said in John 10 and 10, he said, The thief cometh not but to kill, to steal, and destroy. God gets the blame of a lot of things that goes on the earth when it ain't even him doing it. It's the thief. It's the devil. He comes to kill. He comes to steal. He comes to destroy. First Peter 5 and 8 says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, he names him as the devil. He walketh around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There's a real devil. There's a real principality and power. There are real demons in the earth. And they're out to steal from you. But I love what Paul or what Jesus said and how he finished that scripture up. He said, the thief cometh not but to kill, to steal, and destroy. But he said, but I have come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. God wants to give everybody in this building abundant life. Amen? Aren't you glad that God wants to do that on your behalf? Psalms 50 and 15 says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. I want you to know that God loves you. He has promised that he would never leave you nor forsake you, but he would be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In closing tonight, I want to quote what the angel said in Luke 2.14 concerning Jesus' birth one more time. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The proclamation was peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Amen. God wants to do good on your behalf. God wants to shine his goodness upon you guys. And the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, wants to give you his peace. Not the peace that the world gives you, but the peace that he gives you while we live here on the earth. Philippians 4 and 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We don't have to fear the days to come. We don't have to carry the weight of oppression. We don't have to live a life of loneliness and depression. We don't have to be anxious about anything. We don't have to fret. We don't have to worry because Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He's God's gift to man. He has got the ability to take care of his own. God wants to give good things to them that ask. Now, the only question I have is that God's given you a gift. Those of you that have never received him, will you accept him? That is the greatest challenge that we have here tonight is to get people to understand the love of God for them. God loves you. He's a good God all of the time. With every eye closed and every head bowed, please, I'm just going to ask you a question here today. I know that a congregation of this size, that there are a lot of people that are going through a lot of things.
There's things that you don't understand. You're faced with things that's troublesome. troublesome. There's things that you are facing that brings heartache and anguish. You're hurt. You've been hurt. Maybe somebody's mistreated you. Maybe someone's done something to you. Maybe there's been injustices done. Maybe you have an illness, a sickness, and that you have received a bad doctor's report. Maybe your finances is not where they need to be. Your home is crumbling because there's all kinds of turmoil, stress, and anxiety, and worry. Maybe you're just facing dark, dark things, and the enemy's trying to plague you with doubt and trying to somehow destroy your life. I got good news for you. There's a Savior right here today. He wants to pick your spirits up, and he wants this Christmas season for you to receive the greatest gift of all. It's not a gift underneath a tree by a loved one. It's not a gift given to you by some friend. It's a gift given to you from God. It's the gift of Jesus Christ as Savior in your life. I'm going to ask you tonight, those of you that would say, I need Jesus to be my Savior. Would you just raise your hand? Okay, hands are going up all over the place. Now I want you to do me a favor right where you're sitting. You don't have to get up and do anything because salvation is... Simple as ABC. We got to admit that we're a sinner. We got to believe that Jesus Christ is the only Savior. And then we've got to confess Him as Lord of our lives. I'm going to pray a simple little prayer. And I want you to pray it with me. I want you to pray it not, and don't just verbalize it. You got to mean it from your heart. And if you'll pray this prayer in the sincerity of your heart, God will save you right here tonight. And the Savior will come in. And you'll be able from this day forward to be able to understand and know and receive the goodness of God that comes through him, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Say, Father, I am a sinner. I am in need of salvation. And tonight, I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess that he is the only Messiah, that he is the only Savior of the world. And I humbly come to him now, repenting of all of my sin and asking him to forgive me. And I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart and life and be my Savior. I am a sinner, but I also confess that I believe that Jesus Christ, that he was crucified on a cross. He died for my sin. He rose from the dead. And I believe upon him for the forgiveness of sins. So tonight, I pray that you will save me and that you will forgive me. And to the best of my ability, I will follow you and serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, everybody close your eyes one more time. How many, raised, how many will raise their hand and say, I prayed that prayer and I meant it? Keep them up, keep them up. We got some people that's wanting to bring you a card just for you to have. And uh, just keep those hands up, please. Hallelujah. And those of you that are Christians and those of you that know the Lord, would you give a hand clap of praise for all of these hands? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you. They'll be giving you a card. When you get the card, you can put your hand down. But please keep it up. Please keep it up. I want you all to know we love you very much. Every year we pray for our community. We, I've not personally got to meet every one of you. I've shook some of your hands. I see some of you being from the, over the years watching our play. But every year we do this not for recognition, 
not to try to get a name. We do it because we love you. We do it because the love of God is in our hearts and that God loves you. More importantly, it doesn't matter how much anybody loves you. You've got to understand God loves you and he cares for you. Praise the Lord. Keep your hands up. We just give the Lord praise for what's taking place. I'm going to ask Brother Randy to come up. He'll give some instructions.